on this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Hiker and Layman, presented by Riverwind Casino. I share some of my thoughts about people going after Sooner fans this week. And then former OU softball great, two-time national champion Aaron Miller joins us to talk some super regionals. And that's it. Please download and subscribe to the podcast. Rate it five stars and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right, our man Michael Hosty will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's a beautiful Wednesday, May 24th, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience, and there are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games, including Blackjack, Blackjack Match Roulette, and Teddy's favorite, Craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. And to learn more about their gaming promotions and entertainment options in the month of May, all you got to do is visit riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Now recording this on Wednesday morning. Please leave us a five-star review and a nice comment. And by we, I mean me. Teddy is sick. Now he's not dying, but he is he is so sick that he couldn't do the podcast. And I I, I quote from, from the text message, flu, 102 fever, cough, headache congestion so so our guy is he, he's not feeling good so that's that's not ideal clearly because this uh this is a two-man podcast but we we made the decision hey we want we want to get an episode out right just because I, I think the consistency of us putting out content is is what makes people listen to this as much as they do so We've got Aaron Miller to talk softball, which it's that time of the year, right? It's in the state of Oklahoma. It's, it's softball time, right? It's, it's time for everyone to, to channel their energy into that. But I, I did want to say something about, and I don't want to say that OU fans have been under attack. I think that's in a little, a little extreme this week, but we've all seen what happened with the Zadavian Sims commitment and then kind of some of the fallout from that with message board geniuses putting some screenshots of some stuff on Sooner Scoop out and then recruits retweeting. We touched on a little bit last episode, but it, it really it really blew up uh, more than, than what we talked about last time. And, I, and I've got a lot of thoughts on it. 
so he commits to Oregon, right? And, and despite the vast majority of OU fans wishing the kid well, message board geniuses tweets, you know, four screenshots on, you know, for, from what people said on Sooner Scoop. And then Zazavian Sims quote tweets it uh, and said sad. That led to more quote tweets from other recruits, uh, some of which were later deleted, which is pretty funny. But it became it became a pretty large talking point this week. And I just wanted to say a few things. Uh, first and foremost, OU has one of the most passionate fan bases in college football. And I am part of that. I've been, I've been an OU fan my entire life, and I take immense pride in that. So when we, as a collective group, get painted in a negative light because of the comments of four people, I don't love that. That doesn't make me happy. But I think any reasonable person realizes that every fan base has some of these people. Right, it's not just college football, right? You you go on Twitter or on Reddit or whatever, like any walk of life, any subject. There's people that are going to say crazy stuff, man. It's just it's just the time we live in. It, it, it really is. But I don't think any reasonable person thinks four comments represents the entirety of a fan base. That's just that's just not real life. It's not. And I think reasonable people realize that. But do I want OU fans to say stuff like this about recruits? No. But also, this is stuff that's you know behind a paywall. It's on a private message board. It's not like these people tweeted at Sims himself. right? It was taken from there, and then he was made aware of it. So... I know a lot of people say, hey, don't tweet recruits. Don't tweet recruits. Well, these people didn't. Now, I'm not I'm not trying to make, make it sound like what they said is right or that you know they shouldn't be called out. It is what it is. But it's not like they sent it straight to him, which I, I think is getting lost a little bit in it. But it spread, and I understand why it spread. I understand other fan bases have a reason to spread it and make OU look bad, especially if their school is after some of the guys OU's after when it comes to recruiting. But just a reminder, for those people spreading it, it's going to happen to your school. It's going to happen to your fan base because every fan base has these people. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's just part of it. People are crazy when it comes to sports, when it comes to college football, because it is one of the most important things in their lives. It's one of the most important things in my life. And I think that 
I think that people were trying to spread it. It's just be a little careful because if it hasn't happened to your school and your fan base, it's coming. It's going to happen, right? Because these people that say stuff like this, they're they're out there. It's just just part of it. And the thing that the thing that stands out to me the most is on the player's side of things, right? I, I went through the recruitment process myself. You know, I've experienced that. Now I wasn't a big time recruit necessarily, but I think, you know, social media has become a huge part of recruiting. And I just, it, it's my hope that no matter what level of recruit you are, if you were factoring in Twitter love, positive or negative, right, into your decision of where you're going to go play college football, I think that's silly, right? Now, and yeah, you want to you want to feel that from the different fan bases. There's no doubt, no doubt about it. I totally understand that. You want to grow your following, right? Especially with how big of a deal NIL is, and you know the number of followers you have. Like that's important. I get that. I get why. Guys are playing that game, but pick your school based on the place that makes you feel comfortable, based on coaches, uh, based on academics, NIL opportunities. That's a big part of it now. Uh, pick your school off you know, the guys you're going to play with, your, your, your future teammates, and how you feel around them. Uh, pick your school based off having a great college experience. And yeah, the fans are part of that. There's there's no doubt about it. But I, I don't think social media love should be much of a factor at all in picking where you want to spend the next three, four, five years of your life. And, and if you're weighing that, you're weighing that heavily into your decision, I think that's a mistake. Uh, I, I do. So I also think it's important. And I feel like Bill Simmons or Ryan Rosilla right now, just like talking to no one. This is very weird. And I hope I don't sound like an idiot, but the recruiting process is not real life. And neither is what people say on Twitter or on message boards. It's just not real life. And the sooner that a future college football player realizes that, the better. And if a handful of message board posts bothers you, buddy, you better buckle the hell up for when you make a mistake on a Saturday. It's it's way worse than four people saying something about you. And I... Once again, I'm not saying what those people do when these kids make mistakes like and, and go after them on social media. I'm not saying that's right, but it it just happens. That's part of it. it it's it's part of it. And you know, being a college football player, it's not always pretty. There's a lot of hard work and, and a lot of criticism that comes with it. That's part of the whole thing, man. You go to college for free. You get the recognition. 
Now with NIL, you can make some money. You get doors open for you that do not open for regular students on your campus. And the trade-off is some people say some weird and crazy stuff about you every once in a while. That's part of it. And fans have more access to players than ever via social media, especially with how constantly online we all are now players, you know, the recruits, the, the players that are in college, the fans, like everyone constantly. And I, I just think the sooner you can learn to ignore that or the sooner you can learn to not let it bother you, the better. And I know some guys use it as motivation. And I get that, right? You you say some save some of the things that these people say about you, and you're looking at it going, hey, I I'm gonna prove these people wrong. Is that healthy? I I don't know. Right? Holding on to that. I don't know. I, I know some of the great athletes of all time have used that as motivation and it seems to work out. But just know that all this love you get during the recruiting process, it's not real life. There are going to be challenges. There's going to be tough times. And those tough times involve you know, people writing articles or tweeting at you, saying, you know, pointing out the mistakes that you make on the field. And you've got to learn as soon as you can, you've got to learn to to channel that in a positive way to where it doesn't consume you. So I I don't know if Zadavian Sims had more motives to quote tweet that and put it out there. Like I don't know if that's a recruiting thing. I don't really care. I mean, the, the young man can do what he wants to do. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. But my advice would be, hey, man, focus on your school. But if, if you want guys to come play with you, the way to do it, in my opinion, is not <laughs> to try to paint some other fan base in a negative light. Now sell the positives of your, your school. Tell them why they should come play with you at your school, not why some other school, why they shouldn't go to some other school. I, I just don't think that that's, that's the way to go about it. And I know that negative recruiting is a huge part of recruiting, right? For coaches, for recruits, for fan bases. That's part of it. I get it. But it's just not, I, I don't think and say, Hey bro, these fans suck. You don't want to go there. I, I just, I don't think that is, that's the way to go about it, especially when, you know, it's all you fans. The sellout streak is there for a reason. It's because this fan base is incredible. They show up extremely loyal and extremely passionate. And I, I, I never want OU fans to lose the passion, man. Keep bringing it. Keep expressing yourselves. Now, be smart about it, right? I I don't think you should go after 17 and 18 year old kids. Don't do that. Don't be that guy. But if 
find a way to channel the passion into something a little more positive, right? Because we we cannot have OU fans losing that passion. We just we just can't. So I I don't know. I just felt I felt compelled to say say something about it because I I did not enjoy these last couple of days watching people go after OU fans and trying to paint all of us like we're crazy and ridiculous. I, I, I was not a fan of that. So felt the need to say something. All right. Here's Aaron Miller. But first, Love's Travel Stops is now offering a nationwide 10 cent per gallon discount on gas and auto diesel. Just download the Love's Connect app and scan your barcode at the prompt on screen and watch the price drop 10 cents per gallon. Across the country, the Loves Connect app unlocks exclusive deals and can help any traveler plan their route or meal on the highway. So before you hit the road, be sure to download the Loves Connect app to save 10 cents per gallon and experience the country's best highway hospitality at Loves Travel Stops. Loves also have you covered if you forget your phone charger or headphones with their expanded mobile to-go zone. And of course, don't forget to grab yourself some of that delicious Java Amore. Opolis Clothing is the exclusive home for all of our Oklahoma Breakdown merchandise and is the best place to get your OU and OKC Thunder gear as well. If you want to live your life in better self-comfort, go to opolisclothing.com. That's O-P-O-L-I-S clothing.com. Use promo code TED, T-E-D, for 10% off your entire order. That's opolisclothing.com. Use promo code TED for 10% off. Buttery soft and 10% off. And hey, you hungry out there? Well, then head to the garage for hand-smashed patties, butter-toasted buns, and ice-cold beer. Their food is fantastic, and it is the perfect spot to watch any big game. Visit eatatthegarage.com to find a location near you and order online from the garage in your neighborhood. It is our pleasure to be joined by a former All-American. She was the 2016 Big 12 Player of the Year. She's a two-time national champion and an analyst for ESPN. Aaron Miller is in the house. How we doing? We're doing good. I'm happy to be back. Typically, I see you on set at Sooner Sports, so this is a nice change of pace. Yeah, how about this? Look at us. Look at us. And, and Teddy's sick. Teddy's got the flu, so it's just me and you. Sorry. Bummer. We miss you, Teddy. It's okay. So <laughs> be, before we dive into, you know, some of the other super regionals, and I know you've got, uh, you've got Utah, uh, San Diego state. When, when you look at this OU squad, this 2023 team, what, what really stands out to you about them? All the things. I don't know if I can narrow it down. Um, looking specifically at the vacuum of regionals, they're the only team that run rolled all three games. Um, across the entire landscape, I felt I felt like it really came down to the last pitch for most of the other 16 sites, not for Norman. I mean, those were landslide wins, juggernaut wins, especially that run roll over Mizzou, I think was uh, an eye popper. But you know what? The body of work, I, you know, Gabe, you and I have already talked about this, but I think the the differentiator for Oklahoma is the fact that all three cylinders of their play, their pitching, their defense, their offense, I'd even throw their base running into that specific category. They are unbelievable on all fronts. I don't know that I can say that about another team in the nation. 
Um, there are teams that are excellent in one category versus another, but as far as firing on all cylinders to this level, Oklahoma is the only team to do it in the nation right now. That's, that's what I think sets them apart. So obviously you were part of two of the great OU teams in, in softball. Is there anything specifically that, and I'm not going to ask you, Hey, is this team better than your teams? I know the I answer. That was coming. You got it. You, you always have to say your team. That's the rule. You can't say the other team. I mean, just come on, what are we doing? But wh- what do you think separates this team yeah. from, from some of the past great teams we've seen in Norman? Man. Um, I think it's because of the past teams that this team is the way they are. I think that the standard's been set. I believe that Coach Gasso has figured out what works and what doesn't. She understands efficiency. She understands when to throttle down and to pull back, what buttons to push and what not to push at the right time to push them and when not to. And I think it's because of those previous teams where she was able to figure how things work and, um, you know, just trial and error. That to me is the difference of this team. I don't know that there's more talent on this squad than what we've seen in past teams, but I think that Coach Gasso, the staff, um, the way this team is coached throughout the season, I believe is better. And that just is purely because of reps and trial and error. The way Coach Gasso led us in 2013, the two national championships that I personally was a part of, which is what I can speak to, 2013, my freshman year in 2016, I, I promise you, and I know this for a fact, she's a completely different coach now. Even between my freshman year and my senior year, she was a different coach. The generations are different. The women coming through these programs are different. Frankly, Gabe, our world, our landscape of college sports is different. So it's hard to compare apples to oranges. I think that the talent is consistent, but I think that the way these teams are coached have been forced to evolve. Coach Gasso has been forced to evolve. And I think that's why she's one of the best in the nation. I don't know that other coaches have been able to adapt the way that Patty Gasso has been able to adapt. And it's just proven season after season. Is, and clearly, you know, Coach Gasso well. Yeah. Is, is that really what separates her? right in the sport is the that ability to adapt to her personnel the personalities that she's got i think so um she has a very strong pov like don't get me wrong her essence and her just who she is as a head coach is unwavering there's some core elements that will she'll never walk away from but i think the delivery the application the use of those core pillars of who she is it's it's either adapt or die right at this point the introduction of the transfer portal and NIL. You and I could open up a whole nother can of worms on that, right? But she, I mean, I've heard it out of her mouth where it's like, I don't have a choice. I don't have a choice but to adapt and to change and to evolve because if not, I'm going to get left behind. Um, that is just the nature and the the truth of college athletics right now. And I think she's done a really good job of staying true to who she is clinging to the things that um, are are moral pillars of who she is as a coach, but she has adapted and evolved in a really special way. I've enjoyed watching her change. I think that being a grandmother has changed her. I think that a new stadium, the growth of our program has changed her. Going into the SEC, I think will be another evolution that we will witness in Patty Gasso. 
But to your to your question, yes, I believe that her ability to pivot is what makes her so special. So before we before we dive a little more into the team, can as a former player, can you believe that this program's popularity is where it's at? I, I know you you guys had it rolling. Yeah. Right. But it, it feels like it's gone to a completely new level here in the state. Like it it's not quite OU football, but <laughs> it's right behind, right? Is it that's yeah. who, Dave? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, hey, listen, I hear you. But I, I mean, how how cool is it for you yeah. as someone that played the sport, played at Oklahoma, now covers the sport. How cool is it to see this growth of OU and I guess the sport as a whole? The sport as a whole, for sure. Um, Oklahoma, I believe, is on that cutting edge that they're they're kind of blazing a unique trail right now. I Just to give you a stat, my first year, 2017 broadcasting with ESPN, as a whole, our team of ESPN analysts um, and ESPN softball, we were slated to cover about five to 600 games. We are slated and we are on track right now to cover 2,800 games this year. So we're talking six seasons of growth. We've gone from five to 600 games in coverage to virtually every single pitch in D1 college softball being on your television in some way linear and or on the major networks so that in and of itself i believe showcases and captures the growth of our sport it's like wildfire right now if i had a dollar for every time i've heard someone say oh my gosh my husband and i we were big baseball fans and now all of a sudden anytime we go to a sports bar like we want softball on i would be rich i hear that all the time i hear that story all the time i am a firm believer that if you're not a softball fan yet it's just because we haven't gotten to you. Once we get on your TV and you watch us, we've got you hooked. I know that. It's so fun to watch our sport. OU softball specifically, I think, has caught on to the social impact. I believe our digital media team is the best in the nation. The numbers prove that. There's tons of studies out there, the engagements, the followers, the reshares, the whole nine yards. Sooner Sports Properties has a lot to do with that. The fact that we are pumping revenue behind this team we are getting all the support we need in all the areas. And I believe that's what makes OU athletics and specifically OU softball such a leader um, within our industry. But yeah, the sport's exploding. It's so fun to be a part of it. it. One, it's I feel a lot of pride in being an alumni. And then on the other side, I feel so thankful and, and grateful to be a part of this growth and to ride this wave into the future um, and feel part of it in a, in a small way. So it's, it's exciting. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where this sport goes. I think we're just starting to scratch the surface. We'll get you back to the interview, but first. Bishop McGinnis Catholic high school represents a tradition of educational excellence in Oklahoma city grounded in a faith-based education. Students prepare to meet their potential with an individualized academic path that strives for success. Bishop McGinnis offers a college prep curriculum that includes 22 AP courses, participation in OSSAA athletics, where they've won over 100 state championships and numerous clubs and organizations for students to join and grow. If you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development for your children, contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School or visit bmchs.org. Financial aid is available. And attention business owners. You need Insurica in your life. 
Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from many insurance carriers. They compare and contrast coverage offerings and pricing in orders on a cost-effective, comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. Insurica's clients become best-in-class businesses by working with Insurica's team of advisors to manage risk. Purchasing insurance is only one way to protect your business. Best-in-class businesses win by avoiding a loss in the first place. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. I'm an Insurica client, and you should be too. If your business wants to be best in class, connect with Insurica at Insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A.com. All right, back to the interview. Okay, looking at looking at OU's matchup mm-hmm. in the Super Regional, what what really stands out to you about Clemson? Valerie Cagle, period. <laughs> Valerie Cagle, period. Um, the only way, and I'm going to be really crass here, the only way that this team is going to beat Oklahoma is how well Valerie Cagle pitches. That's it, period. They can swing, but it doesn't matter how good of an offense you have. When you're facing a team like Oklahoma that can throw up 11 runs on a D1 SEC team on the biggest stage, i.e. regionals, you've got to be able to silence that offense to even give yourself a chance. I don't care how good your offense is on the other side. The only way you're going to get a shot at beating this team is if you can limit the damage on the scoreboard. That's it. If Valerie Cagle comes out with her best stuff, we might see some tough games. Can she do it twice? Can she beat the team twice? That's the million dollar question, Gabe. You might be able at some point throughout this postseason journey, you very well could see a team maybe take one loss from one W away from Oklahoma. I don't know that a team can do it twice. I just, I don't think that they can do it twice. We saw how Baylor handled that, right? You get them once and then you see them another three times and get your booty whipped. So again, I, I, I think I'll never say that they're unbeatable because no team is unbeatable, but it will all come down to Valerie Cable. How well can she throw and how well can their offense hang? That, that I think is the million dollar question here. So th- this is a conversation that we have in college football quite a bit, especially mm-hmm. now you got Georgia, right? Who's the dominant program. It was Bama. Now it's Georgia is, is OU's dominance and their, their level of excellence, right? Mm-hmm. Overall, is that great for the sport in your mind? You're, you're covering this thing. You know, yeah, you're locked into OU. You're an alum. Of course, that, that, that's how we all are. But you're also you've got this big picture view yeah. of the sport. Like, do you think OU's dominance is a good thing for softball? Um, I think that this could be viewed through a lot of different lenses. Obviously, the alumni and I and myself is like, hell no. I mean, hello, keep rolling. Let's steamroll through these next few seasons and snag a couple more championships. Um, so that that's the OU in me talking. I think the big picture, the the silver lining of this is when you have a program that's as dominant as OU, and and let's just be real here, we're behind when it comes to facilities. Let me just say that. Until we get that new stadium, we are behind. We're behind SEC programs. We're behind some ACC programs. We're behind some PAC programs when it comes to facilities. 
that is coming, right? There already is shovels in the ground. We're in motion on that. But the silver lining to this is when you have a team that's as dominant as OU softball is, it forces other big programs to find a way to up level. That is how our sport continues to grow. So a team like Oklahoma, because of their championships, can go out and arguably get anybody they want to right on the recruiting trail. Well, that forces programs like Arizona, UCLA, Texas, OSU, all those other women's college World Series contenders to get creative. How then do we go out and compete on the recruiting trail? Well, we got to have better facilities. We've got to be more strategic with our recruiting budget. NIL is now part of that category, right? How can we go out and provide other value and, and other um, ways to magnetize recruits to our program? Obviously, talent and wins matter, but I believe that a program like Oklahoma forces other programs to up-level in some way. If you want to compete, you got to beat, right? You got to come beat us. So find a way to get that talent to your program. That, I think, is how the bar continues to rise in the sport of softball. From a parity standpoint, I can see the other side of that sport, that sword, right? You, you want to see other names compete for that title, um, you you want to see the wealth start to spread. But my question would be, all right, well, how do you propose that? D does Coach Gasso just say, no, I'm not going to take the best talent in the nation? Like, that's always my question for people that want to gripe. I'm like, well, what do you expect her to do? Just turn away top tier talent or not utilize the transfer portal? Like, that just, at the end of the day, she's got a job to do, and that's to go out and kick ass and win. That is her job and she does it well. So we can't we can't penalize her for doing what she does at a very high level. Um, so I can see it from all vantage points, but at the end of the day, like you can't hate the player, right? She's doing what she's doing and she's doing it really well. I think some people just get a little crosswise with it. I uh, I love that. I love that answer. Now, back in your day, you mm -hmm. could rake a little bit. All right, I'll 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 give you the compliment. You you could swing it a little bit when you look at when you look at OU's pitching staff. Yeah, right. And I think uh, we've talked to Coach Gasso about it. She she views that staff like she's got three, four aces that could be the ace for any other team in the country. Right. Right. Of those pitchers, which one are you like? Yeah, you know that that's that that wouldn't be a great matchup for me. You know, which, which one, which one do you think has the best stuff? Um, I think I would probably struggle off of Nicole May. I really liked rise balls, which I think would match me up well with Alex Duraco. I would struggle with the late low break movement on May. Nicole May, I think is dominant low in the zone. The contrast of those, those two together, I think is what makes them so effective. The fact that you can bring in a real spinny high ball pitcher that has high velo like Alex Duraco, and then in the middle of the game, throw in a Nicole May who's hard, low, heavy in the zone. That's a hard adjustment to make um, as an offense. So that I think is what makes them so good. Uh, deal the freshman we're going to see her name bubble to the top I think here in the next few seasons um, she's going to get more opportunities she had a really really good outing in regionals I believe that she's going to get some wind under her wings and be a, a top arm in the nation in the coming seasons but specifically for me 
I would struggle against Nicole May and I would salivate facing Alex Duraco. And I might be setting myself up for some heat. Alex Duraco might be calling me like, let's go, baby. Let's go have some VP then, hun. And then, yeah, that would be my scouting. And then Jordy Ball's over there going, well, I what mean, what, what about me? Jordy Ball is a unicorn. Um, she, I think, is in her own demographic because she can throw both. She can throw a rise and she can throw a drop, which makes her dangerous. So I don't even want to face Jordy. I don't even want to touch Jordy Ball. She would yeah. own me. <laughs> yeah, I got you. I got you. Would own me. Let's be let's be honest here. All right, let's let's talk about some of these other super regionals. Now you are you're going to be on the call for Utah San Diego State. You know how excited are you for that opportunity? And kind of what what's that matchup look like? Yeah, um, one I'm excited to go to Salt Lake City. I've never been. It's beautiful. Beautiful, exactly. I'm bringing my hiking shoes. Enjoy some outdoors. I'm excited for the storyline here. Uh, you got to think first about San Diego State. Coached by Stacy Newman, um, an incredible athlete, used to be the home run leader before Lauren Chamberlain took that title. And then later on, Justin Allo took that title. So they're very, very well coached. How about this? They go to LA to face UCLA, the number two team in the nation, and they don't play them. They don't have to play the host team. That's unheard of. UCLA goes 0-2. They're two and bounce. Um, and then San Diego State ends up beating Liberty in the champ finals to head to Super Regionals. I think that storyline is the top storyline right now in college softball. The fact that the number two team went 0-2 in their own regional was pretty wild. And then Utah, there's some OU ties here. DJ Gasso coaching, the associate head coach, your guy. Um, and then Paige Parker, who is leading an incredible pitching staff. They've got a lefty that if my eyes what, were. What does she know about pitching? Right. Come on. Just, yeah, exactly. Yeah. She's a brilliant pitching mind, um, has done some great things with that staff. They've got a lefty that uh, they look like twins. They're the mannerisms, the way they throw in the circle. It's like a little mini me of Paige Parker, um, so I am very excited to cover these two teams and talking to Paige and DJ Gasso earlier in the year. I think that they've known for a while that this team had a lot of postseason potential, a lot of talent on this squad, really good offense. They've got some big swingers and some really good senior leadership. So I think that this, this will be a battle and either way, the fact that we will either see San Diego state or Utah in the women's college world series, mind-blowing i don't know that anyone had that on, on their bingo card so i'm excited to to bring that story to your tv yeah so. you're gonna get to experience one way or the other right something yeah. that yeah something it's gonna great. be it's gonna be special now looking at looking at the other super regional matchups are are there any other ones that really interest you that you think could be just great series i think osu oregon is going to be a dog fight Missy Lombardi, the head coach over at Oregon now, obviously spent over 20 years at OU under Coach Gasso as the associate head coach. Uh, she knows that team very well. She knows Kenny very well. He has an OU tie um, playing baseball with Tim Walton over at Oklahoma. They won a championship in 94. So there's a lot of like OU fingerprints all over the postseason um, tree right now, which is exciting to see. But both of those teams, I think there there I have a feeling that we'll go to a game three let me just say that I have a feeling we will we will be seeing that team play play a game three both of those teams because they're both well coached 
They both have dominant arms. That's the thing is I think there's going to be a pitcher's duel. I don't know that there's going to be a lot of runs scored. It'll come down to like a final at bat, a final out, a bottom of the seventh storyline, I believe. That's what my crystal ball is telling me about that site. And Amanda Scarborough and Kevin Brown are headed to Stillwater. So you've got some of our Women's College World Series teams covering that, that super regional. So I think that is one that sticks out to me. Um, I'm trying to think across the nation. I mean, we've already talked about Norman um, with OU and Clemson. I believe that Valerie Cagle being a top three player of the year candidate, that's interesting. The fact that she has to come through Norman and prove that she's a top player in the nation right now, I think is an acid test for her. Overall, I think every year I say this, this is the most wild postseason I've ever seen. And then for some, however it happens the next year, it's even crazier. And this, I think, has been the craziest I've seen. Just the parody, the mid-major noise. We almost saw Marist sneak into a super regional. Um, Middle Tennessee almost beating Alabama. Like there's, there's just a lot of parody going on, despite the juggernaut of OU that we just broke down. There is still a lot of parody happening. We'll get you back to the interview, but first. John Vance Auto Group has been serving Oklahomans for 40 years. They're family owned and operated, and they got nine full service dealerships in Woodward, Miami, and Guthrie. No matter what your vehicle needs are, John Vance Auto Group has you covered. They carry domestic brands such as Ford, Lincoln, Chevy, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Dodge, Ram, Jeep, and Wagoneer. John Vance Auto Group's goal is to give unequaled service and to exceed customers' expectations in every way, which is why they have their lifetime loyalty program. And here's how it works. You buy a newer used car from them. All you have to do is get all of the manufacturer-recommended maintenance done at the Vance dealership. And if something goes wrong with any of the components of your engine, transmission, drive axle or transfer unit they will cover the repair costs it's a great deal and you can browse their entire inventory or find the john vance dealership near you at vanceautogroup.com and first fidelity bank is a full service financial institution based in oklahoma with tailored solutions for all your personal and business needs checking accounts saving accounts home loans and much more they do it all whether it's online banking from your computer or mobile banking from your phone, everything is stress-free with FFB. Making mobile deposits, paying bills online, and moving money to different accounts could not be easier. Make your life easier and go bank with First Fidelity Bank. Visit ffb.com for more information. All right, back to the interview. All right, so on the podcast, we do this thing called Call Your Shot, mm. right? Where listeners they send stuff in and we had them send in a couple questions Ooh, for you. Okay. all right so this first one comes from ron what up ron he, he says i live in tallahassee and in my opinion florida state is ou's biggest threat in the women's college world series i hear a lot of how it's unfair that the games are held in okc with such a home field advantage what are her thoughts on this is it a valid complaint would OU success be different otherwise? Okay, let's start with the first part of his question. Uh, yes, I believe FSU is a damn good team. Kat Sandercock threw a perfect game in regionals. She's a stud. Also, another OU connection, Coach Lonnie Almeida being an alumni from the University of Oklahoma. I always got to give that OU love when it's out Of there. course, of course. Of course, you get that. Um, well coached. 
storied postseason team. That is the expectation and the standard for the Seminoles. Again, I go back to what it takes to beat Oklahoma. If their pitching staff can show up and pitch the game of their life and reduce the damage offensively, anybody's got a shot. But you got to be airtight in the circle against a team like Oklahoma. Do they have the tools? Yes. It's a matter of how they use the tools. And we'll see how that fares against um, OU. But I, I can buy that, Ron. I can buy that. FSU could be a contender um, to potentially have an upset against OU. As far as the home field advantage, man, this has been a this has been a storyline that has been worn out. I hear this all the time. I think the biggest bust to that is what you just saw in UCLA. They hosted. They hosted and went 0 and 2 against two mid-major schools. So throw, I don't care where you're playing. The game doesn't care. Like the game doesn't know where your feet are. At any given day, anybody can show up and beat you. Now, does it help that Oklahoma has fans that are within 30 miles that can come drive up to the Hall of Fame field? Sure. OSU has that. They had it last year. Texas isn't that far, right? So I don't know. I I think it's a cheap, low-hanging um way of viewing Oklahoma's success and to me it's a little bit of an insult of of the body of work that they've put together both on the road and what it takes to get there it's not easy guys like I and UCLA is a shining example of that it doesn't matter even if you host it is not easy to show up year after year and do what Oklahoma's doing it's not easy it isn't and that's just a fact so being in Oklahoma, being that close to Norman, yeah, is there a competitive advantage? Okay, I can buy some of that. But is it the reason that they're as successful as they are? Absolutely not. That's a hill I will die on. Well, there you go. There you go. All right, last one. This comes from Boomer Bowtie. Gotta love that. Hello, Boomer Bowtie. So what is her most memorable moment on the field and in the booth? Oh, Wow. Um, man, I've called so many games. That's really hard. I've had a lot of walk-offs that I've been a part of in the booth. I think there's not really one that sticks out to me in particular, but I think being anytime you're a part of a seven inning, two out walk-off homer, walk-off hit, that's always fun to celebrate on air. Um, being a part of it as an, as a student athlete, there's two things that stick out to me actually. Yeah. Two. One personally was my senior day Um, on my senior season. We were hosting Texas at home and it was my, it was Aaron Miller day. My entire family was there. Bottom of the seventh runner on tie ball game, full count, two outs. And I hit a change up to walk off the game out of the park on my senior day. That was storybook. That's really, really hard to beat. That's hard to beat. (laughs) Hard to beat my whole family there. That that was very, very special. Um, the other point I think that was really special to be a part of was the um, extra inning walk-off in the Women's College World Series when Lauren hit the walk-off against Tennessee. That was pretty special. Um, just as a teammate, that was such a hard-fought game. We'd been battling from behind the the battle with two outs, the run productions with your back against the wall, and then your home run leader and my best friend stepping up and putting a fork in them was pretty fun to be a part of. As a fan, I got to go to the 17 inning game 
right? Like the longest game at the Women's College World Series against Florida, OU and Florida, that was wackadoodle to be a part of. I think I was delusional at that point. It was like one in the morning. I was screaming my head. I had no voice. Uh, that was an unforgettable moment in our sport as well. So those those are all fantastic answers. Well, Aaron, appreciate the time. Have a great call out there in Salt Lake City and Per usual, I'll see you in Oklahoma City. Of course. Hey, tell Teddy to get healthy. Listen, you know, just not not all of us can can be strong, you Listen, know? I didn't know he was one of the weak ones. Sorry about that, Teddy. Mm, this I'm sure no one will send him that. All right, <laughs> see you, see you, Aaron. Thanks. All right. Episode 320 in the books. Hopefully Teddy can bounce back quickly uh, from from his sickness. And we're hoping to have a normal episode for you guys on, on Sunday. Hope you all have an awesome Memorial Day weekend. Please, please, please be careful, right? Please be careful out there. Be smart. Make good decisions. And enjoy the softball, right? Uh, cheer for the Sooners loud. Cheer hard. And until next time. We appreciate y'all for listening. That's what you always do, Oklahoma. Take care of each other. Just one more time